0: And it's Funky Friday. It's 5.07 at 5.50 KTSA. FM 1071, the Trayware page at KTSA.com. And we have a full plate to get into today. So the president says he has no regrets over having documents scattered all over DC and Wilmington, Delaware, and probably Wehoath Beach and all these other places. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. The Supreme Court, as we predicted here, As I said a number of times, the Supreme Court now officially says, we don't know who leaked and we can't find out who leaked. Now, how many people work there? 80? Oh, it's not like there's 10 million people working at the Supreme Court. No, it's the Supreme Swamp covering their own and i got the lie okay they actually told a lie about why they cannot find the leaker and i'm going to tell you what that is today as well you know we talk a lot about the sexualization of children that's going on in the schools well it's not just the schools it is going on in the schools and i hope as a parent or a grandparent you're on top of that to make sure that's not happening with your child okay the sexualization of children i'm going to tell you about something that uh some teachers are doing allegedly and uh, how children are able to access sexualized materials, even though they have been banned from, being, from teaching this in the school, uh, teachers and teachers' unions have found a way around that and how they can continue to be pedophiles, and perverts, and, and, uh, and sexualize their children. So I'm going to talk about that. And it's not just them. There's a very famous toy maker now, children's toy maker not adults toys but children's toy maker who is participating in the sexualization of Chillin. so we're going to talk about that we got so much more and the phones are always open at 210-599-5555 indiana another shooting at a walmart last night guy went in there and started to shoot people and the cops showed up and you know what the cops did when they got there they went inside and killed him I don't mean to laugh. Okay, human being dies, but um, hey, hey, schools, hey, hey, you Valdy. hey, hey, everything. They stopped this guy from killing a bunch of people. I think there were just a couple that got ended up getting shot, not not seriously. According to the early reports, this happened late last night, so we'll find out how serious these injuries are. But he's dead, and the police chief there in Indiana said, "We're not waiting." Uh, we When we have an active shooter situation, our job is to go and take, I think they call it neutralize the threat. I say take him out, you know. But anyway, that's exactly what they did. He, uh, you know, ran up and down some aisleways in the Walmart there, and the cops just followed him up down the aisleways until finally he turned, and there was a cop standing there, and a the cop went, blap, you're dead. And that's how you deal with that. That's exactly how you handle that. And so uh, kudos to the cops up there uh, in Indiana who handled that situation at Walmart uh, last night. Uh, one, one victim was injured, and the suspect has been, quote, neutralized. Um, okay, so this is the story that has dominated the week, no doubt, as it should. And if you did not watch the opening of Tucker's show last night, his opening monologue, go to foxnews.com before they take it down, because they eventually will, because it rotates out. It's about a 15-minute long deal. And uh, save it, watch it later, maybe when you get home tonight, something like that. It's a great one. He goes into how this uh, th- this uh, scandal, this document scandal, really is when you're talking about overall stuff that Joe Biden has done, like the border, this is small potatoes. But this is the one that permanent D.C. is using to get rid of Joe Biden as they did Richard Nixon. And he went on, Tucker did last night, tell this amazing story about Richard Nixon's removal from office and how the CIA orchestrated that. It's an incredible story. And, yes, the deep state, meaning CIA and FBI, they play political games like this with people. And, uh, and so they're, he feels like they're playing this game right here with Joe Biden to remove Joe Biden from office, that they're done with him and they're moving him on out. I've said that from day one when this thing broke. Uh I've had people whispering in my ear saying this is uh, clearing the ground for Michelle that they're trying to entice Michelle to join. I don't know. I have no idea. I'm just telling you what people tell me in DC who really are in a position to know what's going on. So anyway, it was a great uh, great monologue, but the president was asked about it yesterday while he was in California. He said, "You ought to be asking me about what's going on in California, not about this." And they said, "No, you know, we really ought to be asking you about this and these documents." And he said, quote, we found a handful of documents were filed in the wrong place. Well, that's a lie. (laughs) That is not in um, accordance with what his attorney said. Okay, Jimmy, let it go.
1: As we found... uh we found a handful of documents were failed, uh, were filed in the wrong place. We immediately turned them over to the archives and the Justice Department. Mm-hmm. We're fully cooperating looking forward to getting this resolved quickly.
0: Mm-hmm. I think
1: you're going to find there's nothing there. I have no regrets. I'm following what the lawyers have told me they want me to do. It's exactly what we're doing. There's no there there. Mm. Thank
0: you. Okay, so what we know is they weren't filed in the wrong place. We know that these documents were scattered, like uh, put into a box next to his uh, midlife crisis car, and somewhere in a library and other places all over D.C. So, you know, he lied, and, uh, and, and that's basically what you expect from Joe Biden now. You have never heard Joe Biden tell the truth a day in his life. But now what we're finding out, the news of the morning, Is the White House and the Justice Department agreed to hide the classified document scandal from you, and then it leaked out to the press. So not only did the White House and the Department of Justice collude, collusion between what is supposed to be an independent body, the Department of Justice, but no, not in this case. The White House and the Department of Justice colluded together to keep this scandal from you. Here's what's interesting. When the first tranche of documents was discovered over at the Penn Biden Center by leak to CBS News, the Biden people were asked about it, and at that time, when they were asked about it, the Biden people said, "Yeah, that's it. Those are that's those are the ones that we, that, that that exist, and blah blah blah, no more exist." And then a few days later. The Biden people said, uh-oh, we found some at Wilmington in the in the house. But here's what we're finding out now. Back a few days before when they said, yeah, they're at the Penn Center and that's all there is, they already knew that the ones were in the house. They've already known about it. It's not like they found those documents later and said, oh, uh, like they did in the press, in the public, oh, we found more a couple of days later. No. They already knew of those documents that were there. This is a total swamp op. Fox News quoting an unnamed source promising that the Secret Service is prepared to provide available background information on vetted guests to Biden's residents if requested by Congress. Do you remember the conversation that we had 24 hours ago? 24 hours ago, I was saying that the Secret Service is lying to you that they know who is in there, and they do background checks on those people, but they don't want to release the information because, in my view, there's people on there, people who went into that house, who might have laid eyes on those top secret documents, who shouldn't have, and the stuff would hit the fan if you knew. Well, guess what the Secret Service said yesterday? we do have a list. Monday, they said, in fact, in April, they said, we don't have a list. In May, they said, we don't have a list. In June, they said, we don't have a list, because all these Freedom of Information Act requests were being filed, and they were spurning those Freedom of Information Act uh, requirements, by saying, nope, no list exists. They were saying log. None of that exists, so we don't know who was in Joe Biden's home. That's what the Secret Service continued to say. And then they said it again this past Monday when Congress said, we want the list of people who have been going in and out there. And on Monday of this week, four days ago, if you want to call it five, that's fine, they said, uh, we don't have such a thing. We don't keep such a thing because that's a private residence. And I stood right here in this spot yesterday, and I told you that's a lie from the pit of hell and smells like smoke. They know who's in there. That there is no way that they're not doing background checks and investigating people that are going and having intimate moments with the president. Not happening. Because I haven't had any intimate moments with presidents, but I have been in their presence. I have been there with them. And you go through a background check before you walk up to a president just to shake his hand and say, hello, sir, how are you? Just to say that. Just to do a picture. And so, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. Wasn't believing it. Wasn't buying it. And guess what? Secret Service said yesterday, yes, the information does exist. Now, they lied in response to Freedom of Information Act requests. And there is only one time On record, that they had guests going to a private residence of a president and a former president. And I'm going to tell you that story when we get back, and it is going to be relevant. It's not about Joe Biden. It's about Bill Clinton. But it is relevant to this story, and I'll explain coming back. Trey Ware, KTSA. 7-1. It's a 522 and 550 KTSA, FM 1071 of the Trayware page, KTSA.com. little funky Friday stuff from Cool and the Gang for you. All right, so now we know that what I told you was the truth, that the Secret Service does, in fact, have a list of people that have gone in and out of the Wilmington, Delaware, home of Joe Biden, blah, blah, blah. And just bottom line is they do a background check on everybody just to make sure... That a serial killer is not trying to get close to the President of the United States. That's what I told you yesterday. That's what I told you weeks ago. But it's a lie when they say they don't know these people and they don't know who was there. They can tell you exactly who was there and when. But, but, they also have some other secrets over at the Secret Service. Now, this is the swamp. And the swamp is doing CIA work, or actually doing a little uh, CYA work covering their asses. And here's why I say this: If somebody got in there and had the opportunity not even actually seeing the documents, but somebody got in there and had the opportunity to see those documents who shouldn't have. In other words, somebody who didn't have clearance, well the heads need to roll at the CIA at the, at the uh, Secret Service? Because the Secret Service is in charge of making sure that those, uh, th- those areas are secure. So they're doing a lot of CYA. And let me just tell you a little story about Mr. Clinton that is relevant to this. Mr. Clinton, when Mrs. Clinton would leave the house, Mr. Clinton would have a visitor. She was a little blonde, little brown hair, nice tan, drove an SUV in her 40s. Sometimes Hillary's leaving, driving down the road, and this blonde, brunette, brown-head girl in her 40s is pulling up at the same time. And the Secret Service knew to not register her. When she got there, they were to just basically wave her on in to the residence so that she could go inside. And these meetings were so well-timed that it was obvious to the Secret Service agents that somebody made a call the minute Hillary hit the door and left to go wherever she was going to go, that there was a phone call made, and boom, here she came. She was at the beck and call of Bill Clinton. So that's what would happen and and it was well known among the cia agents because the long timers would tell the new guys when they come aboard hey man listen you got to get the id on everybody who comes we run a background check on all these people make sure they're good and you know and all that kind of stuff except for this one now her name is not even known the secret service agents didn't even know her name (laughs) but they had a code name because they have a code name for everybody right yeah, like, like Bill Clinton's was Eagle. So they always start with the E and they come up with some sort of code name for them, right? Uh, uh, the, the Chelsea was Energy. This one was known as the Energizer. <laughs> I know. She was the Energizer. That was the word, the code word that the Secret Service had for her. And, like the Energizer Bunny. Okay, all right. And so anyway, uh, Energizer would show up and the boys would say come on in and they would just wave her on in and she'd smile and wave had sunglasses on the whole nine yards she'd be in there for a little while with Bill and then you know she'd leave we all now know you know Bill's a philanderer Bill had multiple women he was accused by a couple of them of of rape and stuff like that uh and so we you know we know what was going on but that's not why I share the story we all know the the salacious nature of Bill Clinton and he's a horn dog and all that we all know that But here's why I share it. The list of people that are going into these places obviously is not complete. Right? If they're waving in a chick to go in and have a little Russell Tussle with President Bill Clinton waving her on by, who else might they be waving by? Without any kind of information being stored. There's no information stored on Energizer. They weren't even to report it that she was there. So there's no record. Now, on everybody else that shows up, there is a very particular record that is kept, and that record is never expunged. It stays there forever. Except for Energizer. You won't find a record on her. And if you want to do your own research on it, read The First Family Detail. The First Family Detail, that's book. You can read it. And there's information in there about Energizer and this little scam that they were playing. And the way that fits into what we're dealing with now, we're going to get a list from the from Secret Service. But it's my bet. And Jimmy, I'm not a betting man, but if I were, It's my bet that we're not going to get it all. I'd be willing to lay money on it. Back in just a minute, Trey Ware, KTSA. Did you hear about the up to $2,000... She's a very kinky girl. On Funky Friday. Friday.
1: Mm,
0: Mom don't want to meet her. <laughs> 536 Trayware 550 KTSA <laughs> FM 1071 The Trayware page At KTSA.com 210-599-5555 You made it You made it You made it It's Friday Yay and somebody sent me, a, well, several people sent me messages uh, during the break there uh about my first half hour. You can always hear it at the Trayware page at KTSA.com. But uh we, we were talking about how now the Secret Service, all of a sudden, hey, you know what? We we do have visitor information. Uh, you can call them logs if you want. We have visitor information on who was going to the house in Wilmington. It's, it's pretty interesting they've left out Rehoboth Beach, isn't it? Uh-huh. 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 Anyway. Uh, We do have that information, and I ended the last half hour by telling you it's not going to be complete in my view. They have ways of hiding it like they did when when, uh, Bill's girls would come visit him. Uh, They just didn't uh, log the information about Energizer coming to see Mr. Bill and all those kinds of things. So, um, you know, they're going to – the swamp is in full protection mode. Uh, And somebody said, why all of a sudden did they say now they've got information when they have been saying for months – no, nope, we don't know who's been going to that house. Well, the Republicans in Congress said we're going to start subpoenaing the family, which means possibly the president, which means the first lady, which means the crackhead. So all these people were going to be subpoenaed by the Republican Congress. Now imagine, just take, take a minute and imagine for yourself, had this story leaked last year with a Democrat Congress, you wouldn't be getting anywhere. But with the Republicans in charge of the House and Jim Jordan, uh, the, you know, yard dog barking at it, uh, and Comer, and now all that's going on, uh, they don't want the family coming up there and getting under oath. Now they're eventually going to be called. The crackhead's gonna be called. It's gonna happen. But, um, and he'll be questioned about all this other stuff that's been going on. But they didn't want them, they didn't want the Secret Service, doesn't want anybody talking about who was around that house who could have seen top secret documents. So this was a way for them to control it. If the family, if the crackhead starts showing up and he's under oath, he would lie under oath. But still, the CIA, uh, the, the Secret Service, I keep saying CIA because I believe they're behind all of this. But anyway, Secret Service could not control all of that. There's no way. They can't control what Jill might say or what the crackhead might say or what any of the others, Frank, the younger brother, James, the older brother, any of these people, what they might say. So the only way Secret Service can control it is to say, yeah, you know what, we do have a list. We we have a list, and uh, we, I, I'm happy to share that list with you. Okay. All right. Nobody has said, is that the complete list of everybody who's ever gone in there? No, they're not saying that. Mm-mm. And they won't say that. Okay, so now... On to another subject concerning the swamp. The Supreme Swamp is in a cover-up as well. The Supreme Court announced yesterday, just as I predicted months ago, we don't know who the leaker is. We can't find who the leaker is. We'll never know who the leaker is. Investigators have analyzed evidence and interviewed anyone who may have had or seen a copy of the draft. Yet still, we have come up empty. The team has to date uh, been unable to identify a person responsible by a preponderance of the evidence. So uh, we can't tell you who leaked the Supreme Court decision on Roe versus Wade. So I'm really sorry. But we don't know. I don't believe it. You have 80 possible suspects. 80. That's all it that works there, 80. We're not talking about tens of thousands upon hundreds of thousands like the bureaucracy is. We're talking about 80 people. Now, I don't know where you work, but you probably work with more than 80 people, right? So all they got to do is question 80 people, do forensic analysis on their emails and their phone contacts, and do a little investigation to find out who it is what I have said from the beginning is they know who it is and it might just be a justice it's possible or somebody closely associated with the justice now here's the lie coming from the supreme swamp the courts internal IT system was vulnerable with more people working from home because of the pandemic the pandemic is going to be blamed for a whole lot of this mess a whole lot of these scandals worse than watergate folks this all this stuff that we're talking about right now the scandals that are happening far worse than watergate ever was and because the cia doesn't have a plant like they did with bob woodward to do the whole story at the washington post on on uh, what was going on with watergate uh, getting rid of a very popular in fact the most popular president this country's ever known did you know that richard nixon now you wouldn't know that by listening to the press but he was the most popular president. In fact, he was reelected with the highest popularity vote of any president. You know how they talk about the, you know we don't want to do the whole uh, electoral college thing anymore. We want popular vote to decide. Who, Richard Nixon the highest ever. And when he told the CIA director, uh, "I know who killed John and that's all on tape by the way. I know who killed John." CIA director immediately said, well, your vice president's gone, and we're bringing in a guy who was on the committee that looked at the assassination of John. A guy who was unelected, never, never elected by the people, Gerald Ford. So anyway, that's a great story, and you can see that on Tucker's intro last night, the actual evidence to all that. But now the Supreme Court, the Supreme Swamp, is telling you a lie, saying the pandemic and resulting expansion of the ability to work from home, as well as gaps in the court's security policies, created an environment where it was too easy to remove sensitive information from the building and the court's IT networks, increasing the risk of both deliberate and accidental disclosures of court-sensitive information. They're blaming the leak on the pandemic. You see, the swamp for so many years has gotten away with this because, you know, they just figured you were stupid. And you're more interested in Alec Baldwin going to jail. You're more interested in Madonna saying, I'm not a good mama, I don't know how to be a mom. You're more interested in those things that the media tells you is more interesting. And uh, all this other stuff that really matters, the actual destruction and control of our government, Well, they've been able to get away with it because the American people are not thinking about any of this kind of stuff. So it's the pandemic's fault, says the Supreme Swamp, in covering their own. They know who it is. They know exactly who it is. But they're not going to put that information out because you're talking about 80 people. That is a closed society. And you, my friend, are not to know who these people are or what they're doing behind the scenes. That's exactly right today is the march for life it's a very important event and it's happening up in washington dc it's all about marching on behalf of babies that are being killed in america every single day now the texas rally for life is coming up at a later time i'm going to tell you more about that when we come back let's go to line one first here jimmy 210-599-5555 matt you're on ktsa with trey happy friday man
1: happy friday trey You are 100% right on this IT thing because I can work from home on an unclassified network with the U.S. military. But even then, I still have to use a common access card to authenticate so they know exactly when I log in. They know exactly what files I'm gaining access to. And if I print it or copy it, they know. It's all in the paper trail. It's all in the electronic paper trail. It's all there.
0: 100 percent man that you're exactly right matt and uh and, and thank you for your call enjoy your weekend exactly right they don't sure. they don't want to know and they don't want you to know who did it they know uh, they can find out in less than five minutes and i'm telling you and i told you on the first day of this scandal that they already knew who the leaker was but you don't get to know because they are part of the swamp that exists in dc you see once again the swamp is not just the people in the faces that you see okay in fact the swamp more is about the people in the faces that you don't see the clandestine people who actually run this stuff behind the scenes who are working this stuff behind the scenes um I, i've equated it to a, a an iceberg in the ocean very little of the iceberg is above the water line that's what you see those are your people who come to you every couple of years and ask you for money and for your vote right but underneath the waterline, 80%, 80%, 20% of the icebergs above 80% is down below. 80%, you never see. You don't know their names, you don't see their faces, but they're the ones that are actually pulling this stuff off. They're the ones who are messing with the country. They're the ones who've stolen the country away from the American people. And it's time we talk about it. And we let people know about it so they know exactly what's going on. That's why I mentioned Tucker's thing from last night. He's doing a great job. I I hope he's not suicidal, you know. But watch the deal on his show from last night, foxnews.com. They've got it. I'll be back in a minute. Trey Ware, KTSA. Eric was way behind on his taxes. Rufus. Yeah.
2: I got something that'll show enough, set your stuff on fire.
0: This is your funky Friday, get you up, get you going, so tell me something good. Yeah. Want to sing along? All right, go ahead. Tell oh, me uh. something good. Yeah. Tell me. Tell me. Tell me. Welcome to Friday. Just a little bit extra of the song there for you for Friday morning. I hope you're having a good drive-in this morning. Trey Ware, KTSA 210-599-5555. If you want to tell me something good, love to hear it. Maris Poll is out. Most Americans support restrictions and oppose taxpayer funding on abortion. Today is the March for Life in Washington, D.C. Starts over at the mall, ends up in front of the Capitol. They'll be tons of people who are going to be there for that in washington dc meanwhile the texas rally for life is coming up next saturday not tomorrow but next saturday on the 28th at the capitol and so now there's this maris poll is out seven out of ten believe there should be at least some restrictions or an all-out ban on abortion i could break these numbers down for you 61% identifies pro-choice, 39% is pro-life, 21% of Americans believe abortion should be available at any point in presidency, only 21%. In contrast, most of Americans, the vast majority, 7 out of 10, say there ought to be restrictions or an all-out ban on abortion. Now, here's the way I look at this. First of all, my, my God and my Bible says that's a life that was decided upon by God, and you don't have the right to keep that life from happening. Sorry. But if you just strictly want to stick with being secular on this, when do we determine that somebody is dead? What, what, what determines their deadness, the end of a life? What, how do we do that? How do we determine that? Well, clinically, when they're at the hospital or anywhere else on the side of the road or whatever, it's when their heart stops, correct? That's the identifying factor to the death of a human being. When the heart stops, the doctor goes, I can't get a pulse. You're done. It's over. I declare you dead at five fifty-five twenty-five 25 a.m. Okay. Then, again, sticking purely secular on this... You're alive, logic says, when your heart begins. <laughs> Whenever that moment is. And so when you're when your heart begins, again I'm just talking secular here, when your heart begins inside the womb, that's when your life should not be taken because you are a heart-beating human being. You are alive. Do we have time here for uh, Constantine Kissing? We got time for him? All right, let's, let's run a little bit of him because uh, I'm not going to have time next, you know, the first part of next hour because Mike Pence, the vice president, is going to join me at 6.08, 6.09. Uh, but this guy has made the rounds. He spoke at Oxford, Oxford University, and he has some very interesting things to say. He's a comedian
2: and a podcaster. Speaking at Oxford, listen to this. This country is responsible for 2% of global carbon emissions, which means that if Britain was to sink into the sea right now, it would make absolutely no difference to the issue of climate change. You know why? Because the future of the climate is going to be decided in Asia and in Latin America by poor people who couldn't give a about saving the planet. 120 million people in China do not have enough food. I don't mean that they don't get dessert. I mean they suffer from malnutrition. That means that their immune system is breaking down because they don't have enough food. You're not gonna get them to stay poor. And the only thing that wokeness has to offer in exchange is to brainwash bright young minds like you to believe that you are victims, to believe that you have no agency, to believe that what you must do to improve the world is to complain is to protest, is to throw soup on paintings. We know that the way to improve the world is to work, is to create, it is to build. And the problem with woke culture is that it's trained too many young minds like yours to forget about that.
0: Love that. What great... Words of wisdom. I'll break it down in the next hour. But coming up in the next few minutes at six oh eight, Vice President Mike Pence joins me right here, ktsa The
2: only bus ticket worth millions. Come on,
0: yeah. Funky Friday. Yeah, you do. Good morning and welcome to Friday. Hope you have an outstanding day and a great weekend. This is the report from the police in Indiana. We have been trained that if there's an active threat, we go in, we don't pause, we don't take time to try to figure out what's going on. We go in and go where the shots are being fired, and we neutralize the threat, and that's what they did at that Walmart last night. And and we only have a report of one injury, not even a death, but one injury. The, the death is the guy with the gun, the bad guy who was going through the Walmart. The police didn't hesitate. They didn't stand there saying, well, maybe we should just stand down because we have him contained inside of the store. Maybe we should just leave him alone and let him run around. No. The police in Indiana went in, found him in one of the aisles, shot him, and killed him. That's the answer to this, folks. Good morning to you. Um, the vice president, the former vice president, Mike Pence, is going to join me here in the next couple of minutes. But let me just tell you what else is going on real quick here. Joe Biden says he has no regrets over this document thing. There's nothing there, he said. It was just misfiled. Okay, so we know what his defense is going to be. We also know that the White House and the Department of Justice had an agreement behind the scenes to hide this from you. To keep it out of your purview. I'm going to tell you more about that. And remember, I was telling you yesterday that the Secret Service was lying to you. They knew who was in Wilmington, Delaware, but they weren't going to tell you because if you found out, you wouldn't like the information. Well, now, after months and months and months of stonewalling, the Secret Service says, you know, we do have those documents. We do know who's in there. And we're happy to turn that over to Congress, but they're not going to turn over the whole enchilada. I promise you that. So we're going to talk about that a little bit later on as well. But first, I want to go to the Stevens Roofing Newsmaker Hotline. Of course, he was a great congressman, a wonderful statesman there. He became the governor of Indiana and did a fantastic job for the people of Indiana. And then, if not the greatest vice president we've had, he's certainly up there in the top two or three of of vice presidents this country has ever had. And he's got a brand-new book out, and the name of the book is So Help Me God. He's going to be in town at Cornerstone Church this Sunday night at 630, and I'm going to tell you more about that as I visit now. With former Vice President Mike Pence. Mr. Vice President, how are you, sir?
1: I'm well. Trey Ware, thank you so much. Great to be on KTSA Morning News. Thanks for your kind words and so looking forward to being in San Antonio on Sunday at uh, Cornerstone with uh, with Pastor John Hague is the man that I I've, I've admired uh, and called a friend for so many years. Thanks for having me on. You bet. It's it's an
0: honor to have you here, sir. We visited a couple of years ago. Uh, stuff was going on yeah. at the border and you were coming here and and we talked about that. And I I do want to get into the border and some of the other big issues. My audience yeah. is as I was and am a huge supporter of the Trump Pence administration. You guys did unbelievable work for the united states by returning the power back to the american people so i want to just start by saying thank you for all the great work in that four
1: years thank you thank you trey it was a great honor for me and in fact uh it in my book so help me god um i i i literally you know about 60 percent of the book is about my time in the white house from the time i was added to the national ticket all the way forward and uh it it has been called the most fulsome defense uh, of the record of the trump pence administration that's in print and i'm I'm very proud of that obviously we had the administration did not end well but uh up until those ending days you know we we rebuilt our military we revived our economy uh we secured our border we uh, uh we appointed conservatives to our courts and I'm in Washington, D.C. right now for the 50th annual March for Life, but because of the three justices we appointed to the Supreme Court of the United States, this will be the first uh March for Life since Roe v. Wade was sent to the ash heap of history with the support of those three justices we appointed. And so um, I, I think for for people who share your enthusiasm for the work of our administration and long to see our country return to those common-sense conservative policies that made America stronger and more prosperous. Uh, I hope the pages of So Help Me God will be a great, great source of encouragement to them to simply remind them that what we did before— all that we accomplished and give us hope that we can do it again with all that being
0: said and the great support uh, from my listeners and the people who are listening all across Texas and actually around uh, the country uh, to us right now Mm -hmm. they they have asked me for an explanation for those final hours and uh, to ask you what was going on on that day where you know you had staunchly said I'm not leaving this place I'm gonna stay right here we have work to do but more importantly you and the president got crossways
1: so can you explain all of that to our audience? Well, we did, and, and in the final pages of "So Help Me God," I I try and walk people through that journey at the end, uh, and uh, and and not only through uh, the difficult moments on January sixth, but uh, but also I, I write about how in the days that followed that, the president and I sat down. Uh, I was very direct with him uh, about uh, about my convictions and. Um, and And how uh, Trey, it, it may come as a surprise to people, the President and I actually parted amicably um and i I recount those moments in the pages uh, of so help me god but in in the in the months following the election i I shared the concern of millions of Americans about irregularities that had happened in states around the country. I fully supported the legal challenges that took place um and but but it as as history records, and I write in the book uh in in the waning days of of 2020 there there emerged uh, a, a a a legal theory propounded by uh, some outside lawyers that gathered around the president that suggested that i had the authority to unilaterally decide which electoral votes would be counted and and which would not be counted and uh, no vice president in american history had, had ever asserted that in fact uh, as I said at the Reagan Library last year, and I write in the book, there's, there's probably no idea more un-American than the notion that any one person could decide who who would be the American president. I made that clear to the president in the weeks leading up uh, to January 6th. Uh, I was determined uh, to simply keep my oath to the Constitution, which provides that, uh, that states certify elections, Trey, um, you know whether whether it 's the whether it 's new mexico whether it whether it 's arizona whether it 's my home state of Indiana, and all the Congress does under the Constitution is open and count electoral votes i was I was tasked as vice president in the Constitution to simply preside over that process of opening and counting the votes. The bible says he keeps his oath even when it hurts and i I must tell you I have some familiarity with that, but i I made it clear to the president that I believe my duty simply was to, after all the legal challenges had played out, to simply preside over that process, uh, allow the Congress to hear objections, uh, and move forward. Uh, but uh, the, uh, you know, the violence that ensued that day, uh, the uh, the clash the president uh, and I had in, in the hours and days before that and through that day were. Uh, I think I think uh, deeply regretful uh, to uh, to millions of Americans. But at the end of the day, that I, that I think a, a day of tragedy became a triumph of freedom because uh, of the courage of law enforcement. The violence was quelled, uh, the riot was ended, and uh, the elected representatives of the American people reconvened the very same day uh, and finished our work under the Constitution. I'll always believe that uh that we did our duty that day under the constitution of the united states and i'll always be proud uh, of the record of the trump pence administration and and people that want to know more about all of those things uh can can grab a copy of the book and maybe swing by cornerstone uh this sunday and uh and and uh and and, and Get learn signed. all about it yeah. i hope they hear my heart yeah uh was it a free and fair election in your estimation well, I think there were irregularities. In yeah. fact, in the days following the election, uh, the Supreme Court of Wisconsin found that that the election had been conducted uh, in a way that was not consistent with Wisconsin state law. There were irregularities in Pennsylvania. But ultimately, Trey, the, the evidence of widespread fraud that would, would change the outcome of the election would never come. But uh, I've been very heartened to see states around the country Stepping up and embracing uh, election reforms, reaffirming people's confidence in the integrity of our elections. But I, I think the principle that that uh, that elections are governed at the state level is goes to the very heart uh, of our our republic, Agreed. and it's one that we need to defend. And uh, and so I'll continue to be a voice for for election integrity reform around the country
0: okay one more thing on this and then i'm going to move on to a couple other issues and uh, and again sure. promote you on sunday night but uh he was uh, the president was uh publicly uh cussing you and was saying that you should not certify and all of that in those moments when the riot was going on how aware were you of the president's public comments and what were the private conference did you have a private conversation with him at that point and what was that like
1: well i didn't i didn't speak to the president um, after I arrived at the Capitol on January 6th. Um, uh, but uh, we spoke that morning. Uh, we spoke the night before. He he knew where I stood. Uh, and uh, and as I said in the book, I think the president's, uh, the president's uh, tweet that he issued in the midst of the riot uh, was reckless. I think it endangered me and my wife and daughter that were with me and all the people at the Capitol that day. Uh, but I think what may surprise people reading this book is that um, as I recount, when the president and I sat down several days after January 6, at his request, um, my sense was he was deeply remorseful about what had happened. Um, didn't he say uh, to and, you, "If uh,
0: I wouldn't have gone to that, if I just hadn't have gone, did he say that to you?"
1: Um, what the president, what the president reflected to me in our, in our first meeting back was uh, back together uh, the Monday after. January 6 was he said what if we hadn't had the rally. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You know, uh and uh and and I think that you know there's there's some some liberals in the media that have questioned that I I can tell you that's uh that was my experience with him. I I sensed he was remorseful about what had occurred. He expressed concern about me and my family and about what had happened. That's good. Um and I and I told the president as I'll share it at Cornerstone Church on Sunday night, you know, I I, I encourage the president to pray. Um, and uh, in one of our one of our last conversations, uh, uh, I urged him one more time, uh, reminded him that I was praying for him, and he was dismissive at first. But then, as our meeting came to an end in the in literally the waning days of the administration, uh, just about two years to the day from today, I I looked at him as I walked out of the back dining room just off the Oval Office, and I said, uh, "I guess we're just going to have to disagree." on two things. And he looked up from the table and said, what? And I, I looked at him and I, I referred to our, our disagreement over my role on January 6th. And then I said, uh, uh, Mr. President, I'm never going to stop praying for you. Mm. And he looked up at me and smiled faintly and, and said, that's right, Mike, don't ever change. Mm. And so we, we parted amicably. That's and I, great. you know, in the months that followed, we would speak from time to time and, um, uh, but when the president returned to some of the rhetoric he was using before that fateful day I, I just decided it was best that we go our separate ways and we have. Uh, but I must tell you I, uh, I hope people read in, in the pages of so help me God but the foundation, of my conviction to uphold my oath in those waning days. but I do hope they also read all the pages before that. Absolutely, so that they can see that we had a that we had a uh, we had an administration, that worked every day to keep the promises we made to the American people. And, and, uh, Trey, where you were out there on the airwaves advocating for everything that we did, uh, and people all across this great state, uh, were out there championing what we did. And, and, uh, and I am incredibly proud of what we were able to accomplish Amen. Amen. With the American people. I know we can do
0: it again. Absolutely. Well, okay. So that leads me to my, to my next question. Has he talked to you about 2024? Is there a chance that the ticket will be reunited or no chance at all?
1: Uh, that, that's not a conversation that we've had. I probably haven't talked to the president, uh, frankly, Trey, in okay. in, uh, in more than a year, and uh, I know that he's made an announcement uh, to run. I I think it. I think running for vice president of the United States twice is probably enough for any American. Right. <laughs> so yeah, my you. wife and I are sorting out where where we might serve, how we might participate. Uh, we continue to get a lot of encouragement about stepping forward uh in the, in the 24 election ourselves but it's something we're giving prayerful consideration to but uh for now it's just an incredible privilege the reception that uh, our book has gotten around the country over the last several months has been incredibly encouraging to us and uh, we're just going to continue to pray continue to Listen to the American people, and I promise to keep you posted on our plans.
0: All right, and you're going to be here on Sunday night signing copies as well as being interviewed with Pastor John Hagee. We need you. We need people like you to come back and lead this country. The radicals, in two short years, have done so much destruction to this country. When you consider what's going on with the border, when you consider losing our energy independence that you guys had established, when you consider $31 trillion in debt, and now they're going to raise the debt ceiling again, and that's putting it on our our great grandchildren and now you're talking about a document scandal, of top secret documents that's enveloped this administration. We need you and people like you back in power, sir.
1: Uh Trey, I'm very humbled by that. And I, I would tell you that's I, I uh I write at the end of the book that one of the things most disappointing to me is just simply seeing so much that we accomplished in the Trump Pence administration mm. dismantled, whether it was flatlining our military, uh you know, the disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan, the crisis at the border that people in new mexico and the southern border live with every single day the worst inflation in 40 years resulted by runaway spending and of course it it seems like a constant assault on our values and our liberties in this country but i have every confidence that uh, that we're going to get it all back uh, i know the 2022 election was a disappointment uh, for many people i was sure hoping to see uh, mark ronchetti as your governor in New Mexico an incredible guy but um but I must tell you I have every confidence that if we hold the banner of our values uh and our and our liberties high the american people are going to rally to our cause and and the, and the best days for New Mexico and America are yet to come.
0: Last question. Um, the, as a vice president and top-secret documents, yeah. what kind of access would you have had or Joe Biden when he was the preceding vice president and how easy is it to take those documents off campus and take them to your home or another facility?
1: Well, I think that you know every single day uh, from the time that I was sworn in as vice president, you're presented with with documents, you receive a presidential daily brief, um, and uh, and there's a very orderly process for uh, returning those documents to where they belong. But I, you know, I want to let those investigations, whether it be with President Biden, President Trump, uh, go forward. But uh, the handling classified documents is extremely important. Uh, it's it's important that in the event that they are discovered, that they be returned. Uh, and uh, it, it, at the end of the day, protecting the nation's secrets uh, is and must remain a priority for all of us with the privilege to serve.
0: Very gracious with your time, sir. So Help Me God is the book, and he'll be at Cornerstone Church on Sunday night. Don't miss it. He's going to have an interview there, a fireside chat with Pastor John Hagee, and then he'll have an opportunity to sign some of those books while he is there. Vice President Mike Pence, sir, thank you as always for your time. I appreciate you being here.
1: Trey Ware, thanks for having me on KTSa Morning News. It's great to be back with you. God bless you, sir.
0: Have a great day. All right, six twenty four. Quick break. Coming right back. Trey Ware, KTSa. When
1: you want the best, when you want a metal root, <laughs> it's Funky Friday.
0: Little Stevie Wonder. 637 now, 550 KTSA, FM 1071. The Trayware page, KTSA.com. That's where you can find my conversation with former Vice President Mike Pence from the last half hour. And one of the things that we learned, we learned many things speaking with him. He's going to be at Cornerstone Church this coming Sunday evening at 630. But one of the things that we learned from him is there is a very strict process on classified, top secret, and whatever documents that every day you get a presidential briefing on intel stuff that's going on, because you're a heartbeat away, literally. So you get that briefing every day, and there is a very strict and adhered-to process as Vice President of the United States that those documents are returned immediately and you don't have the possession of those documents. Basically, what I took away from it was you just don't walk out to the White House with those documents under your arms, uh, and you certainly don't do it accidentally there's no way to do it accidentally and that comes from a guy who did it for four years so he knows if you're able to take those documents with you and go to the house with them to the impossibility it's a very strict process he said and it is always 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 followed every single day so what i got out of what he said was and i kinda had to read between the lines because he's not saying a whole lot but what i got out of it was uh, you don't don't make a mistake and grab these documents and walk out. Now, I've been told the same thing by people who have been around these documents, both in Washington and here and in Austin, that when you're reviewing those documents and reading through them, somebody's standing right there with you. And when you're done, they take those documents away from you, that you have no way of get, grabbing those documents and leaving. So it's not like an accident could happen, and as Joe Biden said yesterday, they were just filed in the wrong place, you say. No, it's another lie from Joe Biden, just like he drove an 18-wheeler, smacked Corn Pop with a chain, and got Nelson Mandela out of jail. You don't misfile top-secret documents next to your midlife crisis call. (laughs) It just does not happen. And I think the vice president, former vice president, Mike Pence, just confirmed that to me. And also what we found out overnight was the White House and the Department of Justice had an agreement behind the scenes to conceal this whole thing from you so you wouldn't find out about any of this. And in fact, when it was uh, leaked to CBS News, well... Uh, they were called on it. And the White House said, yeah, there were those documents over at the Penn Center. Yeah, that's right. They were there. Exactly. We found them. That's it. That's all. It's over. But then a couple of days later, on a Saturday, they said, hey, we found some more in Wilmington, Delaware. Isn't that interesting? Particularly when you find out that they had already, they already knew about the ones at the House when they told CBS, no, it's, the, it's only the ones at the Penn-Biden Center there are no more they already knew that those ones were over there at the biden residence why did they wait until saturday a couple of days later to make that announcement well because nobody pays any attention to the news on saturday we haven't heard about rehoboth beach i'll bet you that place is littered with them but that's another issue altogether what we're dealing here with is a theft of those documents because they just don't walk off it's a theft that's what we're dealing with Tucker did his usual awesome job at the beginning of his show yesterday. It's about a 15-minute opening monologue. It's fantastic, a great 15 minutes, probably the best all week. I watch it every day. And he talked about this last night, and he said, really, you know, to be uh, to to face criminal charges on this is small potatoes, based on what Joe Biden has done to the country, primarily on the border. The country has been forever changed what's happening at the border. And I said that just going back uh, about a year and a half or so ago that he should be impeached for what he is doing, violating his constitutional oath and uh, high crimes misdemeanors with what's going on at our southern border and is changing the, the country forever. You're not going to recognize this country in five years. You just simply will not poverty is going to be rampant throughout this country homelessness lawlessness is going to be everywhere it already is i encourage you to watch the tucker piece last night and particularly what he said about the cia and richard nixon very interesting information and now we know that the department of justice who is supposedly independent of the white house <laughs> And the White House had cut a deal not to let this information out. That's why they knew about the documents at least as early as November 2nd, maybe even before then, but they kept it quiet because they had to go through the midterms, they had to get through the end of the year, so on. And you remember I have been telling you from months on in that the Secret Service knew who had gone in and out of that home. And the uh, and the New York Post, I've been following this closely because I read it every day, the New York Post has been requesting through Freedom of Information Act, they have been requesting the Secret Service release the documents on who has gone in and out of there. And the Secret Service says, no, we don't know. We just simply don't know. They lied in the Freedom of Information Act request. So how many other things have they has the swamp lied on? That's interesting, isn't it? But anyway... I told you this week that the reason they were lying to you and all of us is because they didn't want the information to get out about who they did know had the opportunity to see these documents. And that would, that's just to cover your ass because that would reflect poorly on them for not controlling access for people who should not ever see our top secrets or be in the presence of a president. I expect Joe Biden to lie. I expect the swamp to lie. So this is no surprise. But let me just tell you a real quick story here. Now they say we're going to cooperate. Now the Secret Service says, yes, there are, we do know who came in and out of there. And why? Why all of a sudden have they changed their tune and said, yeah, we do have the information? We do have the background checks. We know who came in. Why? Why all of a sudden? Well, number one reason is because the Republicans like Jim Jordan and Congressman Comer and the others have already said, we are going to start to call up the families. We're going to start to subpoena family members, and the Secret Service can't control that. You get to crackhead up there in front of Congress and let Jim Jordan take a crack at the crackhead, you know what, you might find out some Chinese friends or others may have been hanging out there, maybe a hooker or two. And so the Secret Service doesn't want that to happen because they can't control what comes out of the crackhead's mouth. So the Secret Service says, okay, we will cooperate now. We will cooperate. So I'm going to tell you a real quick story that I looked up in the first family detail. First family detail written by Secret Service agents who were protecting Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton. And the Secret Service agents talk about this in this book about how, yeah, you know, we always did background checks. You always do. It is protocol. You don't let anybody just come up and say, I want to see the President of the United States. I know that. I've been around presidents before. And they crawl up inside you to find out everything about you before you can say hi to a president, meet a president, or anything like that, have time with a president. So, yes, of course they keep logs and lists and background checks on everybody, and they keep them forevermore, by the way. They'd never expunge them. But, 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 I want to point out, in the case of Bill Clinton, and we, we know now in the case of JFK and others, that there were people who, well, you know, they had access to the president, but it was a wink-wink, nod-nod, we're not going to check up on this person. And in the case of Bill Clinton, there was any time Hillary would leave the House, a 40-year-old, about 40-year-old, the the agents say, uh either blonde or she had a little bit of blonde and brown hair in her and she's well tan and looked really good she would show up and, and and you know how they have code names you know well of course bill clinton was eagle chelsea clinton was clinton was uh energy and this one was known as energizer <laughs> i guess because energizer bunny and all that energizer Well she would show up and there was no record no record allowed she was just to be waved in. They didn't accept her driver's license or anything like that. Waved in. And sometimes she would cross paths with Hillary. Hillary's it not, you know. And so, you it's not for the salacious nature that I share that story because we all know he was a horn dog, you know, and he that's what he did. We know that. And probably still is. I don't know. Who knows? But we know that about him now. It's a fact. But the reason I bring it up is because it's proof that There are those who go and see the president, and there is never a record kept of who they are. So this list that the Secret Service is about to turn over is going to be very, very incomplete, in my view. Back in a minute, Trey Ware, KTSA. Dave
1: Ramsey here. Have you noticed your pet scratch? Maker Hotline.
0: Hey, I got a question for you. Would you like a little hot chocolate? Mm-hmm. All right you sexy thing come on over here I believe in miracles
2: Way from you sexy thing sexy thing you yeah. I believe in miracles Since you came along you sexy
0: thing All right it's going to be mostly cloudy today with a high about uh, 58 degrees the uh, Supreme Swamp says uh, we don't know who leaked the information <laughs> okay so you got 80 people right and uh and they're blaming it on the pandemic well you know people were working remotely and so on and so forth that's all a lie that's a supreme lie this is supreme swamp covering itself up in a little cya they know exactly who it was um uh, but you know how this is how washington works always has and always will we talk about a lot on this show and on Where and Rima about the sexualization of children that's going on all over the place, whether it's Hollywood and the weirdo picture that Jamie Lee Curtis has hanging on the wall of her office, whether it's Jeffrey Epstein, and we still don't know the client list now, do we? He wasn't working for himself. He's working for some very powerful people, but you're never going to find out who those people are. Some of them might be at Davos this week, huh? I don't know. But in the schools, that's probably the worst place. Oh, Unless you consider Build-A-Bear after dark bears to be a little weird, you know how you get with your kids and your kids build a bear and they get to choose the clothes and all that cool stuff that kids like to do when they build a bear. I did it with all of mine. All of my kids build a bear. But now they have the ones that you can choose really sexy outfits for the bears. Build-A-Bear after dark is what they call it so that your kids can have a bear that's got a sexy naughty on and all that kind of stuff, see? Yeah, isn't that great? You can take your kids to Build-A-Bear, go online in a sexy outfit Build-A-Bear for your kiddos. Or a group of Ohio parents suing their local school district, alleging that activist teachers, no, there's no such thing, you're making that term up, are talking about gender and sexuality with students as young as six years old. And the lawsuit claims the district allows activist teachers to have intimate conversations with children as young as six about sexual behaviors, sexual positions, sexual attitudes, mental and psychological questions of the student and the student's family and private religious practices as young as six years old. So conversations should never be had in any school at any age. Now, we have said many times, you're an adult over 21, 25, whatever, and you're a guy and you want to dress up in panties and and pumps on the weekend. You know, it's America, right? I think you're crazy, but it's America. But there's perverts and pedophiles and activist teachers in the schools. And these conversations are taking place without parental consent and knowledge, and the teachers are talking about specific actions to hide them from parents This is a recipe for indoctrination and child abuse. It's exactly what it is. Now, this is where it gets interesting. Because some school districts, and they're considering doing a statewide ban of this here in the state of Texas. The 88th ledge is in session right now, and this is a bill they're going to be talking about. Much like the one that Governor DeSantis got passed over in Florida, where you can't have these conversations with kids of certain ages. We're going to look at that, doing that here in Texas. Well, of course, the teachers, they get creative, and the teachers' unions get creative. How do I get around the law? Well, they've got an LGBTQ2A, uh, whatever it is now badge that says that the teachers are wearing, I'm here. And the teachers unions have put these badges out, I'm here. And according to this lawsuit, the badges have a QR code that link to instructions about sexual positions that can be scanned by students far away. And the superintendent, when asked about this, said the front of the badge, the part visible to students, reads, I'm here, and the signature LGBTQ colored stripes. But the back of the badge has a QR code that could lead to material, quote, inappropriate for students. And all they got to do is scan that QR code, and it leads them into a world of sexualization. So the teachers aren't actually sexualizing the children. No, just scan this, and they lift the badge, and a student scans it. From far away, like third or fourth row sitting at the desk. That's going on. It's pedophilia is what it is. It's exactly what it is. You, you can mess around with all kinds of sweet little terms, but it's pedophilia. When you get right down to it, it's the sexualization, an adult sexualizing a child. That's Look up the definition. Whether it's bears and 90s or schools with QR codes that explain How children can have sex. America. Daddies and granddaddies need to stand up. This crap is going to end when daddies and granddaddies wake up, put your little Cartier uh, sweater to the side, put your white claw down, and start confronting this stuff. Back in a minute. Warren Ryman coming up. KTSA. When you
1: want the best.
0: When you want a metal ring.